there's one particular text in Scripture uh, that I feel just captures the spirit of Christmas so well that every Christmas I preach the same text. It's not because I'm lazy and don't want to come up with another Christmas sermon. It's because it's so good. It just captures it so well. So we're going to dive into that a little bit today. But to lean into that, I want to talk a little bit about when the world was waiting. When the world was waiting, because that's what Advent is all about. Advent is about this period of waiting, this period of expectation when Israel knew they were waiting. The, Israel knew that they were waiting for God to send a deliverer into the world who was going to rescue them. The rest of the world was in waiting too. They just didn't know it. They didn't know that they had a deep need that God was going to meet very, very shortly. So as we reflect on Advent, this, this period of time leading up to Christmas, it's a period of reflection as we remember the times in our lives when we were waiting. When we were waiting for God to show up. Waiting for God to do something. Waiting for God to move in our lives. Waiting for God to rescue us. This is what Christmas is all about. That when the world was waiting, God did something. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Not necessarily the text you might go to automatically when you think about Christmas, but I think it it captures the message really well. And we're going to sort of take this text just word by word as we get there. The, the Apostle Paul opens up with the phrase in this text that really ought to get our attention. He says, this is a trustworthy saying, deserving of full acceptance. So here's just a little clue when it comes to Bible interpretation. If you're reading the Bible and the, the biblical writer says that this is a trustworthy saying, deserving of full acceptance. That's like, uh, you know, bold, italic, highlighted. This is saying, pay attention to what comes next. This is a trustworthy saying, deserving of full acceptance. Paul is saying, pay really close attention to the next thing that I am going to say. This is how he starts. Christ Jesus came. Christ Jesus came. If there was a period right here, I think that this phrase alone would encapsulate the Christmas message. Christ Jesus came. As I've told you before, Christ is the Greek term for the Hebrew term Messiah. It means the anointed one. We know that the Hebrews, the, the Israelites, were waiting for a Messiah. We know that they were waiting for God to send them a deliverer, somebody who was going to show up. Now, we know that the kind of deliverer they were expecting was not the kind of deliverer that Christ ended up being. But they were waiting. They were waiting that God would show up in the world again, would, would be faithful to the promise that he made so many centuries before, that he would show up to his people, that he would rescue and deliver them. And Paul tells us here that the Messiah came. The Messiah came. It happened. We're not waiting any longer, Paul says. You're not, you're not looking for anybody else. The one that you have been waiting for has shown up, and he showed up in the person of Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, who was the, per, the uh, perceived son of fornication, who grew up as a carpenter's son in the small backwater town of Nazareth in northern Judea called Galilee. This person who was born in this out-of-the-way town to these out-of-the-way people that nobody was paying attention to, Paul says, is the one that you have been waiting for, the Messiah came. And he came in the person 
of Jesus of Nazareth, Christ Jesus came. And if there was a period right there, we could close the book and say amen and go home. The Messiah came. God made good on his promise. God can be trusted because Christ Jesus came. But Paul doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, Christ Jesus came into the world. He came into the world. And that's really what Christmas is all about. We see that this Messiah, this Son of God, came into the world. John tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That the Word literally pitched His tent among us. The Messiah came into the world. He entered right into the mess. He didn't stay up in some ivory tower somewhere dictating from an untouchable perspective to the rest of the world how they ought to live. No, He entered right into the mess. He pitched His tent among us. He came to broken and sinful people, people who had made a mess, who had messed everything up, and he came and he pitched his tent right among them. He lived among them, and he fellowshiped among them, and he ate among them. He came into the world, all the way into it. He showed up right in the middle of the mess, right into the middle of the people who had made the mess, and he showed up to love them and to care them. He came into the world. And this is so different from so many other religious systems where, where God is out there somewhere and all, you know, we work our whole lives trying to please this invisible God that we can't see and just hope that by the end of our lives that maybe our good deeds have outweighed our bad deeds enough that just maybe we, we can make it in by the skin of our teeth. No, in Christianity we have a God who sent his son into the world, into the mess, who pitched his tent among us. He came, and, and, and we've looked at this before in Hebrews and other places. He came and he, he dwelt among us. He knew what it was like to be tempted. He took upon himself flesh and knew what it was to be tempted. He was tempted in all things like as we are, yet without sin. And because of that, he can be our faithful high priest, our advocate with God the Father, because he came into the world and experienced everything about what it means to be fully human. Christ Jesus came into the world. So I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, well, why? Why did Christ Jesus come into the world? And Paul says, I'm so glad you asked that question. Because Christ Jesus came into the world to save. He came into the world to save. Not to judge, not to condemn, not to criticize. He came into the world to save. Salvation was the purpose for which Jesus came into the world. Most of us are familiar with John chapter 3, verse 16, which says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but might have everlasting life. Fewer of us are, are familiar with the verse that comes right after. John 3, 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Saved. Christ Jesus came into the world to save, not to condemn not to condemn. Unfortunately, not everybody has the same message. And not, not everybody who calls themselves Christians follows in this pattern. Unfortunately, we've, we've gotten ourselves into a predicament that people who aren't like us call us judgmental and hypocritical and, and, they, they, and, and condemning. And unfortunately, that's just a reality that we have to deal with, that we have to reverse. Because our Savior did not come into the world to condemn. If you've been told that Jesus came into the world to condemn you for your sins, you have been lied to. Jesus did not come to condemn. 
he came to save. That Greek word that's translated save has several different definitions. It means to rescue, to make well, to heal, to restore. Jesus didn't come just for some ethereal spiritual salvation only, merely. He came that we might have life and have it to the full. The promise of eternal life forever, but life here and now. As we read through the gospel stories, as we see the way that Jesus interacted, he came not just to give people a ticket into heaven, but to teach them how to live, how to have life to the full here and now. He rescued, he made well, he healed, he restored here and now. So when Jesus comes into the world, he doesn't come just so that someday in the future we get to be with God, but that right now, here and now, we can experience rescuing healing and restoration in every category of life. We see Jesus healing people physically. We see Jesus bringing to life new, new life spiritually in people. We see Jesus restoring brokenness everywhere he went. So, so Jesus isn't here just so you can get into heaven. Jesus came so that you can have life to the full in your finances. So that you can have life to the full in your health. So that you can have life to the full in your relationships. So that no matter what you may have experienced, no matter how much brokenness you may have gone through, that Jesus can bring healing and restoration and wellness. Now we know that we won't experience the, the fullness, the completeness of that until he comes again the second time. But, but we can have life to the full here and now. Jesus came into the world to save, to rescue to make well, to heal, to restore. Some of you have heard me tell the story of Kelly once before where we were on a mission trip in Austin, Texas, and we were on the University of Texas in Austin, and we were walking around, and I looked at my wife, who was with me at the time, and I said, who do you think we should talk to? And uh, so she picked one particular person who was the same person I had in mind. She was sitting there by herself just eating, and so we walked up and we asked if we could sit down with her. And as we sat down with her, we began to talk and tell her why we were there. Uh, and as we began to talk, she began to tell us that she'd grown up in a Christian home. She grew up going to church. Uh, but she, over the past few years that she had come to college, she sort of drifted away from God. She had sort of, um, you know, left the, the childhood faith behind. And as, as we talked even further, it became clear to her that, clear to us that she was afraid of God. She, was, she, she wanted to, to go back and pursue that relationship with God again, but she had grown up with this image of God as, a, as this angry, judgmental God sitting up in heaven with a lightning bolt in his hand just waiting for people to sin so that he could strike them down. She wasn't taught that God was a God who sent his son into the world to save. She was taught about a God who was waiting for people to sin so that he could condemn them. And she was so terrified. She was so terrified of this God. And as we began to, to talk with her and explain to her that that's not what God is like. That God is like the perfect father. The perfect father. Now, you may not have had the perfect father growing up. I've heard it said that God is not the reflection of our fathers. He is the perfection of our fathers. So some of you had a wonderful father growing up who, who loved you and cared for you and wanted the best for you. And if that's the case, then that's what God is like, way, but way, way better. Some of you have had fathers who were not so good. And I want you to know that that is not the kind of father that Jesus shows us that God is for us. That God is a father who loves us, who cares for us, who's waiting with arms wide open for us to come home and say, please come home. I love you, my son. 
I love you, my daughter. I want you to come back home and be with me. And as we explain this to Kelly, as we explain to her that this is the picture of God revealed to us in Jesus Christ, you could see the tears well up in her eyes as she began to realize that God was a God that she could approach, a God that she could respond to his love with her love, that she could come back home. Christ Jesus came into the world to save. Christ Jesus came into the world to save. But Paul doesn't stop there because he wants to make sure that you are very, very, very clear about who it was that Christ Jesus came into the world to save. He says this, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Sinners. He didn't come to save the people who had it all together. The self-righteous religious who, who never did anything wrong, who tithed of everything they had, even their spice cabinet. Right? Jesus didn't come to save the people who thought they had it all together. I mean, he came for them too, but he came for the people who were sinners and who knew that they were sinners. The people who knew that they had gotten themselves into a mess that they couldn't get themselves out of. Jesus showed up in the middle of the mess to help them get themselves out. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago. Jesus didn't show up and say, once you clean up your act, you can come and be a part of what I'm doing. That's what the Pharisees were saying. Pharisees were saying, once you stop sinning, once you clean up your life, you can be a part of our fellowship. Jesus shows up. He says, I know that you've made a mess. We both know you can't get yourself out of this mess, so I'm here to help you. I'm going to help you get out of this mess. And he showed up and he, he helps people start to clean it up. He loves them where they are. He came to save sinners. Now, if you're not a sinner, then maybe this doesn't mean that much to you. If you don't think that you've ever sinned, if you think that, oh, maybe I've made some mistakes in my life, but I'm not one of those sinners, then this, this doesn't really sound like good news to you. But if you're like me and you know that you've done some things that aren't just mistakes, you've done some things that have hurt people on purpose, you've created some mess on purpose, and you know that there's nothing that you could have done to, to clean up your own mess, if you're like me and you know that you're a sinner, then this is the greatest news in the whole world. Because we're the ones that Christ Jesus came to save. We're the ones that Christ Jesus came to rescue and came to heal and restore. We're the ones who can find restoration and healing in the love and the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If you're a sinner like me, this is the greatest news in the whole world. It means that there's a whole new life that's available for us. That there's healing and rescuing and restoration. That no matter how bad things have been in the past, no matter how bad we have been in the past, that there is a brand new future awaiting us. Life to the full because Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So for those of you who may not yet consider yourself a Christian, for those of you who have not yet put your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. If you've not yet placed your, your trust in Jesus, if you've been told of a Savior who came to condemn, if you've been, like Kelly, afraid to approach God because of your idea that, that God is this angry, judgmental, distant deity who wants nothing but to judge you and condemn you. If that's how you've grown up, if that's the kind of God that you've known about, then I, I want you to know that that's not the kind of God revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity right here and now as we celebrate his birthday to place your trust in him because he loves you. 
because he came for you, because he's good, because he loves you, and because he has promised eternal life. So I'm just going to take a minute right now. You can, uh, you know, if you just want to, in this, in the quietness of your own heart. If you want to come forward, you can come forward. If you want to stay where you are, you can stay where you are. But if you want to just repeat after me, now this isn't some magical prayer. This isn't like a magical prayer that automatically, you know, is going to fix everything in your life. But if you want to pray this prayer with me that says, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to place my trust in you, then you can just close your eyes and you can follow along with me. You can say it out loud. You can say it in the silence of your heart. God hears either way. Father God, I believe that you sent your Son into the world because you loved me. I believe you sent your Son into the world to save me. I believe you sent your Son into the world to give me life and life to the full. And God, I don't know what it all entails, but God, I place my trust in Jesus Christ who came into the world to save sinners. God, I place my trust in Jesus Christ, who came into the world to save sinners. Now, if you've prayed this prayer for the very first time today, I'd like to invite you to catch me at some point after church and just let me know and we can talk about next steps that you can take in this relationship because this isn't a, a one-time deal where you pray the prayer and you're done. This is the beginning of a brand new relationship where you now have a loving Heavenly Father who loves you and cares for you. You have a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who will teach you what it means to live into this newness of life. And so we want to help you take the next steps in that relationship. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time today and you want to take that next step going forward, please get with me sometime in the next couple of weeks and I'll show you what you need to do. For those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, though, it doesn't end right here. For those of us who are already followers of Jesus Christ, there's one more step. Because Christ Jesus came, we go. Because Christ Jesus came, we go. Salvation isn't a spectator sport. Christianity is not a spectator sport. For those of us who are Christians, we are now involved in the mission. Jesus has invited us to be a part of his mission to the world. He has called us to be his ambassadors everywhere we go. So because Jesus Christ came, because we've experienced that newness of life, we now as his ambassadors go out into the world, into our workplaces, into our families, into our neighborhoods, and we proclaim this message of hope for everybody else. Because why would we keep it to ourselves? Why would we keep it to ourselves? If you knew that there was a fountain that dispersed unlimited amounts of money, wouldn't you tell everybody about it? Wouldn't you tell everybody about the greatest news, the, this life-changing news that you can just go to this fountain and you can receive all of this bounty? Wouldn't you want to tell everybody in your life about this, this great news that you have experienced? Well, that's what Jesus calls us to do. He doesn't want us to keep this good news, this, this wonderful new life to ourselves. He, he wants us to share it with those around us. It's not going to run out. It's not like the, the love of God is so limited that if we tell other people about it, we're going to get less. It's not how it is. Maybe you grew up and your parents only had a certain amount of love and you, and you, you know, got the short end of that stick. Well, that's not what God is like. The, the love of God is an unlimited supply. The more we share, the more we get to experience. And so because Christ Jesus came, we go. This is a trustworthy saying and deserving 
of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Heavenly Father, as we're gathered here today, as we celebrate the birthday of your Son, we recognize that you really have given us the greatest Christmas gift of all, your Son. That you loved us so much that you sent your Son into the world that whoever places their trust in him might be saved. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus into the world, right into the mess that we created to help us clean it up. Father, we thank you for this newness of life that you have given us in Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank you for these things in the strong and the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.